0: Welcome to the TFT Podcast. I'm Matt. That's Ryan. Hey,
1: Ryan. Uh, Matt, I have some breaking news uh, to report so uh, after um, this past week 's Grammy awards I, I feel that I can uh, assess with uh, with complete certainty that Lord has in fact seen a diamond in the flesh <laughs> uh, and so as a result now, every time that she sings royals, she is not for real <laughs> <laughs> all right and so so she has now gone from being an authentic indie singer to being just another pop star, Uh, with, with just, you know, one set of awards and one, one, uh, spooky, spooky vampire, um, performance of, of the song. She's no longer for real. And I don't know what's, I've become unmoored. I've become unstuck in time, Matt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, uh, Lord, I'm gonna let you finish but Taylor Swift had one of the greatest sellouts of all time. Of all time.
1: Well, exactly, exactly. And, and so, you know, listeners, we're, we're we're now back. You know, we've had a uh, we're we're wrapping up uh, January uh, twenty fourteen, um, and we've had a, a a January term that was uh, filled with our uh, total request uh, taped series, where we considered albums that um that that you the listeners uh, sent to us uh via the show notes or email uh, or Twitter, um, and. And then uh, we did a special episode on, on uh, the sociological implications of moving house, um, and then in trying to um, you know figure out how to pick up our research program, um, you know we on the one hand you know we wanted to continue our roughly 10 week examination of of indie pop uh that was centered around the research question of um are they for real uh is this artist for real um but we we've we were struggling to find um something to sink our our teeth into and so we're um We're actually uh, pivoting to um, consider um, an album by – a little album known uh, by the title of uh, Baby One More Time or dot, 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 baby one more time. Ellipsis, Um,
0: Ellipsis. Baby, one more time.
1: Ellipsis, baby, one more time. Uh, by by Britney Spears. Uh, that uh, just turned 15 this month. Um, and in doing this, uh, we want to start. Um, and you know, I was joking about Lord, but I think one thing that that you know one of the themes uh, that really emerged during our like our ten week kind of indie pop and you know broadly defined on both of those uh, a semester or a quarter uh, was that you know it's that that in fact it's very hard to disentangle the indie and the pop, and that the the music that is the most popular right now um does. Raise concerns about authenticity agency identity of the um, the artists, and so really, in order to understand kind of how that came to be and to get more purchase over some of the central questions that kind of are motivating the larger tFT uh, project um, our, our our goal is to, is to actually you know push back historically and kind of you know move some move to something where there aren't as isn't as much baggage about authenticity right so the question uh with which to approach um baby one more time is not is she for real i don't think um or it's not going to be the most profitable question and so i think that um and i think in some ways the first question maybe matt i have for you is what question should we ask of baby one more time uh uh-huh. Uh, uh, and what hmm. questions did you ask of it, uh, and of yourself as you as you re-engaged with it? Uh, I assume it was re-engaging as opposed to a an, a first engagement.
0: Are you kidding me? This
1: uh... <laughs> maybe that's the research question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I uh, I um this was one of the first albums I pirated on our college's uh, <laughs> in, intranet. Uh, back in the days, before even Napster, before LimeWire, before anything, where people would just make folders full of ripped CDs in MP3 format available uh, on the local area network, and you could just uh, log into people's computers and, and, you know, pull down their their music. I never owned, uh, though I owned a copy of Oops, I Did It Again in uh, in physical CD form, I've, I've never owned... Uh, a copy of, maybe um, one more time with the American cover featuring Britney, uh, a seventeen-year-old Britney uh, in a short skirt, all ready to service you. Uh, the, um, I mean, it really. Oh my goodness, we, we're going to have to talk about the. We're going to have to talk about. The the sexual iconography at at some point, but so here's the question that when I was re-listening to this album, which I have over the past week like a a lot, um, is that I had uh, the the question I had was really about influence, which was that if it's not if if we're not concerned with um, authenticity, if we're not concerned with sounding like me, you know, as an artist, if my concern is not sounding somehow authentic to myself, then what do I choose to sound like? That is to say, my, my uh, art artistry is exercised in what do I appropriate, right? And well, so, it, but yeah.
1: but is it? I mean, that assumes that, that's, that assumes an I. Um, who is the I in that in that statement? I think that you know I, I think that w- we go one step further. And I think what part of you know if you you look at the um, you know the credit. These songs you know to the album as a whole um you you see on any given song a team of of writers and there's uh and we can talk about some of the specific um songwriters and producers who really shaped this but there's a really you know a tremendous um team effect and you know two of the major kind of members of that team um you know were were Max Mar- or Max Martin um and then a uh a songwriter um and kind of record uh record executive uh and producer named Eric Foster White um those are two of the names you see throughout so once you get to this um and we've talked a little bit, of, we've we've encountered a few albums in our last kind of semester that were there was a lot of team writing. Um, you know, the Beyonce record uh and the um the Miley Cyrus record uh are are, are two um two that come to mind. Um but I, I think this is, is striking, especially because this is the really the first album of an unknown artist um how do we how do we even what is the unit of analysis right i i mean is it is it fair to kind of ascribe as much agency as 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 you did in saying who do i choose to be influenced by or is or do we even have to go one step more meta and say and try to fix a different reference. Like yeah, you know, I, where...
0: what, what I was thinking when I said who do I choose to be influenced by? I was actually thinking of like the people who I consider to be the authors of the songs. Okay, I suppose Our okay, songwriters and producers. I mean, there is a machine, like uh, or a, a, a person or group of, of people making choices at some. You know, at right. some level, and also, you know, putting the song, p- picking the songs on the album yep. because doubtlessly there were more recorded than ended up on the album, and sequencing them yep. yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah. a particular way, and there are aesthetic choices being made uh, along that chain. So, yeah, I wasn't talking about Britney Spears as though she is the the author of the album. No,
1: though I, but understand- I wanted to clarify that because even even knowing that you know the a bit, you know, even though there's a lot of kind of savviness out there about how pop music is produced, I think a lot of discourse around pop music still um ascribes a lot of agency to the performer um and so yeah so i guess that you know in terms of the i guess getting back to your original question um of this kind of multi well, I, I
0: mean you've sort of you've yeah. sort of gone into a tangent that i think we could delve delve into a little bit which is like yeah we've talked about like the producer role um I, here's a thought experiment, right? Like, or or here's a here's a claim I'm going to make anyway that that you know seems to give lie to the, to uh, a certain of the assumptions behind what we're saying. No one, um, no one uh, uh, shits on an actress for having a director, right? <laughs> you know that there is that there is the idea that there is someone standing outside of the performance, guiding it and watching it watching it objectively and sort of shaping it. Uh, to be a part of a uh, to be a part of a larger whole, right? So I I think that like there have been I, w- I won't say scandals, but there have been um, uh, you know I don't know. Uh, there's been a lot of discourse around, uh, especially female pop vocalists and, or music or musician vocalists and uh, their producers. And I remember I remember like. Uh, Fiona, I remember when Fiona Apple released Tidal and I mean when who released it, right? When when the label released Fiona Apple's "Title." <laughs> or when, right. rela- when uh, the label released an album called Title credited to Fiona Apple. <laughs> I mean, right, like with, <laughs> yeah, right. with whom with whom Fiona Apple is the most visibly associated artist, right? And there were there were a couple of articles I, that I seem to recall in in the music press I was aware of at the time that was like, oh my god, this angsty you know nineteen year old piano player had a producer, so it wasn't all her after all, right? Like she didn't spring fully formed like Athena from the head of Zeus. Um Alanis Morissette is another one uh that i'm uh you know that I happen to be aware of Tori Amos I know very early in her career had a lot of relationships with with producers but then kind of went on uh in in the more mature and breathtakingly weird phase of her career to um to produce herself, which I kind of think was a mistake honestly because you, you know you don't have anyone to tell you no uh the, like I, I, I wonder if there. I wonder if there is some kind of some kind of politically retrograde assumption encoded, uh, right? Encoded in the idea that well, of course, we know that all these men are are the real authors of the album. That and I'm not. I'm not throwing that at you as though you've said that. I. I, I really. I want to sort of delve into. I want to open up our our assumptions about these things and see see what we can discover about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that I mean, I think this is maybe getting a little bit at where we um are because I think that you know what's different with all of the artists that you just mentioned is that they are instrumentalist vocalists, right? And um to some extent also like to, I think all all of them are presented in some way as singer-songwriters, right? Singer-songwriter instrumentalists. Um, sure, and- but
0: you know what? Michael uh, Michael Jackson wasn't right, and and he he was sort of as manufactured in his way as as Britney Spears is, and sure, sure, uh, and he is. I mean, maybe a little bit like Britney Spears uh, was. Um, a, a dancer, you know, almost primarily, right? Because I'm not sure he broke a, a ton of ground as a, as a singer, though he was a very good one. Um, I'm not sure his innovation, I'm not sure he had a lot of, like, path-breaking innovation there, but as, you know, as a dancer, he was kicking all kinds of ass. And Britney Spears is sort of the same way. And and I would I would make the claim that, you know, people think of, of Michael Jackson as having more agency than, than Britney Spears had, uh, even when he was a, a child performer, like like Britney Spears was, and I I think that that has to do with with assumption, assumptions about sex and gender.
1: Sure, but I think that I mean I think that that's that's fair. But I actually think that I I definitely put Michael Jackson like if we're kind of going to be looking at pop music, I actually um, agree completely that we want to be kind of con- we, that we want to be considering. Um, a a line that goes from uh, Britney through probably I, I would say Madonna through um, Michael Jackson um, and then from Michael Jackson we can look for a vantage point to see what goes before that I mean we'd actually would connect to um, the, uh, the 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 you know to to the Jackson Five and then to some of the other kinds of family bands of the seventies uh, where there's a lot of action and pop of like things like the Osmonds and the partridge family yeah um, and I think that you know that you would see a similar kind of you know industrial organization of of song production um, and and a lineage. And I think that I, so I guess, so I think for me, there is a question of how is this made? Right. And, and, and there is a specific kind of, um, you know, that, that this kind of pop, there, there seems to be a kind of, you know, relations of kind of, you know, (laughs) means of, of production of musical production that typifies, um, you know, really, what we are talking about when we we're talking about pop music, um, that is different from a um. And obviously, there aren't just these are not there. There, while well, you may be able to put up ideal types, there are in reality uh, continua, right? So a lot of the kind of singer songwriters um, that you mentioned, and even a lot of bands, um, are these. Um are, are hybrids where there is the band and um and a, a producer or a syndicate of of of, of, of uh, songwriters and so kind of understanding, you know, understanding, you know, we, we've still worked in the last eight weeks a lot closer. To the singer songwriter end of the um, the the continuum, or to the the, the you know do it yourself um, end of the continuum, and so I think that as we move into a very uh, different uh, end of the continuum, I, I think that it's I think that we want to under like you know actually just start to unpack what this looks like, right? And so and, and so it's not at all um, you know I think we will also look at. Um, you know, either, not necessarily in sequence, but, you know, also the, the, the contemporaries of, of, of Britney are, are the boy bands, are the, are NSYNC and, and Backstreet Boys. And so that, it, yeah, I'm much more interested in this specific, um, you know, of, of how it, how it's getting made, um, as a, as, as, as sort of a unique, uh, phenomenon. And, um, and and then and then kind of moving moving from there um, sure. and and yeah
0: and then and then the so then then my question is like what what are the what are the things uh, when that sort of industrial machine or when that industrial organization uh, as you say kind of sits down to do its work yeah right like what does it choose as the valuable traditions that it's going to extend or or duplicate or attempt to copy or you know what have you right. Um, yeah. I, and so I heard one, one that you didn't, that you didn't say, um, but that was re that was really, uh, I heard a lot was, uh, was Mariah Carey, right? Hmm. Like, and that mid nineties, that sort of mid nineties R and B, mm-hmm. you know,
1: and Whitney uh, Houston too. Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. Um, the, just in terms of the even when it seems it seems totally incongruous with the the nature of the beat, right? Like with what's going on instrumentally in the track, there is a lot of sort of uh, you know he- heavy melismas and and sort of those kind of improvisational riffs that are characteristic of Whitney Houston uh, and uh, and Mariah Carey's sort of singing virtuosity. Uh, Right. That that seemed to be thrown in uh, that seemed to be thrown in a lot. Michael Jackson was another one that I that I thought of a lot. There wasn't a lot. Honestly, there wasn't a ton on the record that reminded me of Madonna. Uh, No, no. You know, uh, vocally, I mean. Right. just in terms of in terms of vocal performance, I suppose there were some uh, there were some pop songs that have similar DNA generically. But, um, but the, I, I think that like, I think that the comparisons to Madonna just have to do that. It's a, you know, it's a woman, she's a star, like instantly with with, this record and she's singing pop music. And it's also kind of, there's a provocative, there's like a sexually provocative element.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that, I mean, there is, uh, um, we'll link to this in the, in the show notes. Um, you know, the, uh, wikipedia article for pop music is actually quite interesting it has you know tries to kind of um work out you know the definition of pop and one of the things that you know that is is, is quoted i think to a um a critic attributed to a critic named simon frith um is that um you know that pop is not driven by any significant ambition except profit and commercial reward, uh, and, and and commercial reward. And so I feel like, and then and then going on um, continues as uh, it is provided on high by record companies, radio programmers, and concert promoters, rather than being made from below. And so I think that right, if there is a connection, in some ways, what you said about the kind of lack of a stylistic connection between. Um, you know, Brittany and Madonna make sense because it's it, the, again the influence is is rather than strictly speaking, you know, in a a a kind of um you know a progression of of influence or a, it, it, there's not necessarily there need not be a a line right that if if these decisions are making made at some kind of point of the intersection of kind of you know artistic creation and and business decision there's going to be a lot more of you know influence based you know based on what is popular what is what is selling what is doing well um whether that is um you know actual you know market analytics uh or is um uh, uh or or is uh some other just kind of more qualitative sense of what is popular or what is what is kind of interesting or exciting mm-hmm. um and and I think that so so it makes sense that you know Britney does not need to sound like or owe a lot to to Madonna, but they can be they are they are compared because they both succeeded right that they they both were extremely popular um and 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 were extremely commercially successful. I yeah, guess, sure. is, is, to, to put it,
0: yeah. This, I mean, this album was what one one of the. I mean, I in reading all the Wikipedia uh, articles of, around this issue, it was you know double platinum in America in within a month or something like that, and it still is like one of the the biggest or the biggest. Uh, debut album from a, a female teen, teen female solo act, or something I
1: think it's like the that. largest uh, by a teen a teen female solo act. I mean, right now, I mean the the number that I see uh, on U.S. sales are fourteen million uh, units, um, and and worldwide uh, is thirty million.
0: Oh, that 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 she when she was a girl, she moved a lot of units. I'll bet.
1: Um. I'm just going to let that one ride. Um, no, but I think that – so I think that um, – so, so then I guess – so let's see. What else um, is there to say about this? So I guess – I think the other thing that's like um, – Well, what do we so – uh,
0: the thing – the interesting question for me here is what do we mean when we say indie pop? That's for another another podcast, but if this is pop – I mean, what what gets evacuated, right? To make it, you know, to make it indie pop.
1: Well, I think it is the the concern about, um... or what, or rather, moving from indie pop to this, what
0: got evacuated, right? Like uh, the indiness, right? What is the what is the indiness um, that got that got evacuated? No, I
1: see. I think it's, but I think it's the other way around. I think it's more that the indiness is. I mean, it's only. I guess in some ways going chronologically we're actually understanding what is what what is added right that um if all pop has become indie pop in a way or and all indie pop has become pop pop in a way um then I think like the question is I, I think there is a question of if there is a pop, right, that, that uh, you know, my sense is that pop is preceding indie pop, um, kind of either cr- chronologically or dialectically. Um, sure, and, and then,
0: then rather than something gets infused and indiness is infused into it rather than, rather than a commercialism taken away.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's right.
0: This also Um,
1: I mean this this album was
0: right at a tipping point with the sort of fragmentation of media, the the internet driven fragmentation of media and the the Napsterization of the music industry, right? Like this was one of the last moments when it was still possible to uh, to have these kinds of sales
1: yeah definitely. I mean, I know there is at least um, one copy of this c d in my household. I think my brother owned it, um, but that was because uh, you know I was a few years younger than you, so i wasn 't yet at college um, and, and was and we had only a um a dial up connection. Um, at, at home. And so, you know, it was still a few years before I would even try to, um, you know, download anything uh, online. So CDs were how we, uh, got music. Um, and actually, and, and, and maybe we'll just go to this song now and then work our way to the, um, to the, the more well-known ones. But, you know, actually at this time, um, you know, we, we can laugh at a song like, uh, a song title like uh, Email My Heart, but at this time, Emailing anything was a really a laborious process.
0: (laughs) It would take forever to upload your heart to email.
1: Especially like there's one uh, line where she mentions um, attaching a photograph, and that's days. I mean, that is days. Like you would be better served carrier pigeoning my heart. Like um, it would get there there sooner. You'd get a much higher resolution photo. Um,
0: (laughs) Yes, right. Rather than sending it via. Your you know, 14.4 kilobps, uh, uh modem
1: on, on AOL, right? right.
0: <laughs> You've got organs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, is there, is there anything else going on in email in my heart other than it being, you know, an attempt to, um, you know, towards, towards kind of relevance and you know, say, well, um, you know this is this is what's happening right now, uh, or uh, you know is the, and I think this is a question I have maybe more broadly for a lot of the non-single cuts on on this album, uh, but I think this one in particular because I think that when you I, I know when I was looking over the. Um, the the tracklist scene i kind of giggled when i saw this i hadn't even really remembered it because uh-huh. it's the second to last album uh let's uh, say the to last song on the album so is there is there anything here or is this entirely a, just a, f- a f- like a throwaway kind of time capsule um uh, almost novelty song
0: well i i like just looking at the lyrics a little bit a couple things um Uh, Are interesting to me here in the lyrics like one is that uh, like in the second line uh, after you, you know, after the breakup, like she checks the scene, the screen to see if you're okay, Right. That the, the idea that the that the relationship is sort of mediated through technology, I suppose it's not all that different from waiting by the phone. Right, hmm. but like, so
1: you're saying, yeah. So this is actually a this is this is like a descendant of uh, of Blondie, right? Of waiting by the telephone.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, uh, but what's that? I, I wonder if there's a difference, really, between like waiting by the telephone and like looking looking at a screen i, I think it's sure like,
1: when you're looking at the screen you might accidentally start watching looking at porn <laughs> uh <laughs> when I by the telephone uh, that's not going to happen looking at yeah looking at
0: tiny bad resolution grainy still images of pornography because this was before ubiquitous broadband really or any broadband penetration so penetrate never mind the um uh but the, the like the the sort of compulsive checking of a of an electronic device you know for uh for social reasons right is an interesting um is an interesting thing to me here but it's more i mean it's more a sort of anthropological curiosity that right like i can't think of a lot of um i can't think of a lot of descriptions from around this time of the behavior of the like facebook checking behavior you know Uh, that, that seemed that, you know, developed and sort of, sort of took over, um, took over the world, uh,
1: yeah, well, it is, it is interesting because is that even in the second um, verse, is it talk about opening this letter that I've sent you? There, um, I can see you in my mind coming on the line and opening this letter that I've sent a hundred times. I actually think this song may be written by written by someone who's never sent an email. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, that, it, but even allowing that the person has sent an email, that it actually is an interesting document of a very, I think, of, of not actually fully understanding the technology yet and what it, what it can do and the kind of, um, you know, the, the elements, uh, of the internet that make it, you know, kind of revolutionary. Um, I'm wondering you know what what this song what the the equivalent for our day and age would be I guess it would be like snapchat, my butt right
0: <laughs> and um, say right right, exactly, and say our you know and say that you're still d t f right yeah exactly <laughs>
1: which which actually then makes this seem like really um very innocent, right? That it, and, and I think it actually is related. You know, I made a joke about kind of, um, you know, pornography and and the Internet. But that, you know, in this, there is – and obviously our, our teenagerhood is not you – know, I think I mean, every generation says, well, when I was a teenager, every, you know, kids were so much more uh, innocent. But I think that there is – I guess that this – you know the the kind of you know we and we are of an age cohort um with with Britney right i mean i think i'm about a year or two younger than britney spears and you're about the same age or maybe a year or two older yeah. um and uh and and i think that uh you know we we're all coming of age of, as you're saying when i guess so th- i guess there's a bit more difficulty a bit more of kind of obscurity or mystery uh to um to to kind of learning about sex um then i, I can immediately after that as soon as as uh, broadband internet uh kind of came through um it was kind of transformative right
0: <laughs> oh god when when you when the the uh, the most depraved acts of sexual theater known to man. To borrow, uh, to borrow a line from Al Pacino in *The Devil's Advocate*. Um, right, just arrive unbidden in your inbox, no matter what you do. Right, no matter what you do, the 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 donkeys are coming, uh, <laughs> in into your spam filter. And I'm so glad that that with that sort of ubiquitous. Uh, explicit sexual imagery i'm so glad that I don't have to like withstand puberty while while that's happening at the same time yeah you know? well, yeah
1: and and it does give like so much of this album um a tremendous amount of innocence, and you know that a lot of the you know the lyrics in addition to just emailing my heart i mean all of the the sentiments uh that are just, at least at the surface level of um of of i'm of, of thinking about you. I will still love you. I will be there. Um, Born to make you happy.
0: Can I I say that this song and sometimes, like, make me really think that Britney is a terrible girlfriend. Right? Like, uh, I I don't know. Like, um, every time you come too close, I, I look away. Like, sometimes I run. Sometimes I hide. Sometimes I'm scared. Sometimes I'm scared of you. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to be so shy every time that I'm alone. I wonder why hope that you will wait for me. Um, like, I, I don't wonder why she's alone. She sounds annoying and needy.
1: And well, and I, so I think that there's, there's something even more that I read in this and even in, and in born, uh, to make you happy is I also see this, I mean, that as also being about being a pop star as well. Right? And oh, um,
0: Born to Born to Make You Happy, like like absolutely. That that's like that song has a has a tragedy hidden like barely beneath the surface. Right. You know what I mean? Right.
1: I mean it almost feels you know, with now um, knowing some of, of of the biographical details that, you know, happened, um, you know, in the in the mid two uh, thousands, uh, about Britney, about the you know publicized breakdown and um, and uh, and other issues, it feels almost prophetic, right? Um, and and I I but I think that there is that, and I, even um, in sometimes too, like that um, this kind of uncertainty, right? I mean, so another, I mean, just thinking about either. Um, you know, you can tell you tell me that you're in love with me, um like you can't take your pretty eyes away from me. Um it's not that I don't want you want to stay, but every time you come too close I move away. Um and and this it's this interesting idea about kind of 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 uh, if review if casting the relationship between a pop star and the audience in this way, I mean the the coyness is very interesting, right? And and um and I think that you know that Britney had been working for quite some time to be a star right that she had been she was in the in the new Mickey Mouse club um had been like working kind of in various showbiz um you know elements of showbiz for uh for a while and uh and 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 so i think that there is this interesting you know sense of you know the i guess that you know you say well this is, makes it signals that she's an annoying girlfriend actually i mean it also signals that she's an annoying pop star or is a pop star in this way that that has this kind of um ambivalence about being a pop star right and i i feel like that's actually baked into a lot of these songs right and that you know there is and especially on this album it is really interesting because there is this you know on the one hand Doing what it takes to succeed, and whether that is kind of playing and you know performing um, certain identities as certain um especially kind of uh uh sexual identities uh, you know whether it 's like on the album art as you say or um in the um in the in the the video for uh Baby one more time in the schoolgirl uh, outfit, but at the same time wanting you know having this desire to um, run away, and so I think that even though we kind of talk about this being assembled by committee or assembled by team you still at the same time see you know in the where all of this comes together is where you actually do see the artistic agency um and and it's saying kind of something really interesting about um teenagehood at this precise moment at this kind of you know the last stretch of of pre internet um teenagehood. Um and, and I think that I you know again some of that's filtered through a perspective of adulthood, but I mean, you know, so is all teenagehood in a way, right? <laughs> I mean, we're we're getting more and more unmediated teenagehood in the world of, of Tumblr, but you know yeah, I mean what so what what do you, what do you think?
0: Yeah, sure. If it what you're saying is that if a if, right if adolescence is a is a socially constructed phenomenon, right? Is right. like a, a phase of life like distinct from biological puberty. Uh the idea of an extended period of of development is a socially and I guess also economically uh determined phenomenon, right? We can by by looking at the model of the teenager um here or maybe even comparing the model of the teenager in baby one more time with the model of the teenager in royals uh, right exactly right, who is a much more sophisticated like royals is about being a consumer of culture right like one of the explicit uh, uh topics of uh of Roy- of the song royals um Sorry, I meant pure heroin when I was talking about the whole album before. But like of the Song Royals, one of the explicit topics is, you know, uh, trying to exercise discernment uh, mm-hmm. in the face of a lot of dis- disparate kinds of media production, of cultural production, and uh, uh, different media and different media images. Right? Like Exactly. And that's that's not, you know... And and the lyrics on "Baby One More Time" are are nowhere near that level of of sophistication and of sort of meta engagement with um you know with the stuff of of pop music. It really is sort of like uh, this. Uh, right, this was before we are we were all Tumblrers, right? This was before we were all personal brands you know where before we were content content everyone was a content producer everyone had to produce a lot of content right like and the 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 lyrics are sort of me and you what happened what went wrong uh are you know what i mean it's very like vowing to be there and questioning what went wrong there's like this one imagined other in a lot of in a lot of the songs um in in fact maybe all of the songs right like hit me baby one more time you drive me crazy sometimes i run sometimes i hide i won't yes, be with exactly. you uh i was born to make you happy yep. right yep. i will be there i will still love you thinking about you email my heart um now i i skipped a couple that i that i think are interesting that we that we should that yeah. we should take up but like that's that if you if you imagine that if you draw a diagram of like the notional situation uh of those songs, right? There's, like, one circle that's Britney, one circle that's the notional other, and then a line between them, right? And and maybe the line is sort of mediated by an email, in the case of email, my heart. If you draw a diagram of what's going on in Royals, it would look like a kaleidoscope.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, it's it's, a, and it's, it's, this, it's kind of this networked, moving, relational space, right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's orders of magnitude more complex and dense in, in its kind of referential material.
0: Right, right. Like, um, if, if, so the, the sort of current model of teenagehood has to do with sort of mastering a, and triaging, like, huge, and, and, and also kind of reassembling huge quantities of information, Right. Um, and I suppose it's time, you know, neural plasticity when you're young is when you can like learn languages and, and, you know, I don't know, really change the structure of your brain. I I guess if anyone were going to be good at it, it would be teenagers, right? Right. Of course. But, um, which I guess is why it, it sort of, uh, has taken off because, because teenagers take to it naturally and old men like you and me, uh, (laughs) you know, don't even, we don't even have a tf Tumblr.
1: yeah i mean i just i i literally do not have the bandwidth to be able to manage a, t- a tumbler i just don't <laughs> even know where to start that ship sailed long ago <laughs> uh
0: okay so then like wh- well where to i mean where to go from here oh so yeah so this is a simpler it's i mean in, I'm, not, I'm not sure it's simpler um i'm not sure it's simpler uh but no it's, but
1: it's it's qualitatively different it is right? yeah,
0: because it's a lot more um it's a lot more concerned with the experiences of the self uh right and and one's feelings as sort of entities that one doesn't necessarily have control uh over, and it's not necessarily about sort of composing it's not it's not about what i'm going to reblog right it's not about sort of associating myself through uh uh, through bricolage or through reference, right with things, it's about really delving into, you know, uh, really delving into my experience, what I think, uh, what I feel, and you know, the the interpersonal experience between the me and the you, right? And as that's as as we figure out this, you know, as you know, as teenagers we figure out this um, this romance thing. So in, and and yeah. that that has a certain quality of authenticity to it. Mm-hmm. In fact, you could say that in a way, baby one more time is more authentic than royals because its no its notional concerns have to do are a lot more are a lot more personal, right? And and don't mm-hmm. have to do with with navigating a media landscape, but rather have to do with organizing with a kind of internal organization of thoughts and feelings.
1: I mean, it's very interesting, right? So on the one hand, in Royals, you have a very personal navigation of a media landscape. Yeah, just and to be
0: clear, I, I didn't mean the thing I said I was saying. No,
1: no, 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 it is, no but there's something there that right? That, that, that I think there is something to be said for what – you know, that authenticity – in our day and age often means like the kind of engaging and re like you say, engaging in bricolage of kind of mass produced pieces of culture, right. And kind of reassembling through, um, through deconstruction and reconstruction. um, If there is to be any authenticity at all or any attempted authenticity. And here there is kind of corporately mass produced, individuality, right there is mean, an perspective even, that is kind of assembled that, that that there is in fact many pieces that are you know things that are that are actually are possibly more complex and more multifaceted than what would um, than, than it appears that are kind of put into a um, a a A much more a reified eye right and so so they're actually our opposite at some point um and, and 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 you know we just kind of chose this as our next step from from now, right we kind of spun the dial back to you know fifteen years um somewhat arbitrarily um and so understanding how and when. This shifts um, in, in in and 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 the extent to which this kind of you know, in the, the different ways of making the pop sausage, right? Yeah, and uh, I
0: mean, uh, I even I even wanted to sort of drill into the term mass produced because yeah. it, it's got to mean something different now, uh, it's something closer to mass reproduced these yeah. days. Uh, even if some – because, you know, digital technology makes it possible to to exactly reproduce things uh, on a uh, virtually infinite scale, right? The yeah. thing about selling 14 million albums in 1999 is that someone's got to make 14 million pieces of plastic. Yeah. You know? Like, they have to be produced and distributed, and then people take them. But the model – I mean, the model now – you know, forgive me, like, viral is so – uh, you know, I don't know. Is is so tiresome to hear because you hear it all the time these days. But it is a more epidemiological model where a person can be a nexus point, and that person sends sends the media out to other people, and then they themselves serve as nexus points and and distribute it. Uh, you know, to them. So it's a it's a sort of a, it's a dot with lines expanding, and then each other dot has lines expanding. Uh, From it in this kind of like, I don't know, this fractal geometry model. Right. So it's it's even a thing that that was, you know, uh, uh, artisanally crafted. Right. With maximum authenticity can be mass reproduced now. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean I, I'm imagining kind of a I kind of imagining like pop culture as like current contemporary pop culture as like like almost just like the making and remaking of like tureens, right so you have <laughs> little pieces of meat that, that you kind of s- s- jam together into your tureen but then you everyone can share their tureens with one another um, and the model previously was a sausage where you <laughs> grind it up and you and you extrude it into the tube right um, and it, you know we, we had joked about the the you know the the, the shadow title of this uh, iteration of TFT was the sausage factory uh-huh. and I don 't think we knew how Appropriate. uh, It was. It was. It was going to be um, in terms of understanding. You know what uh, the the actual again kind of means of production of both music and um, self. So I think that you know just in terms of this thinking about these axis of the I and the U. I think there's you mentioned there's um, a few exceptions to this, and I wanted to zoom in on a couple of the notable ones um, that that kind of break down the model uh, uh, that that kind of compositional uh, model um, not compositional model but the kind of the exact you know structure of uh, the kind of lyrical structure uh, in interesting ways and that kind of just overall support the interpretation and so one I think that is interesting is um, I will still love you which is the uh, duet with Don Phillips and so that has the IU structure but is the only um, song on the album In which the um, the you is there and and is also an I, Um, and I think that it's really interesting because um, you know Don uh, it's so weird to me that like
0: love him on the X Factor.
1: I know exactly. Well, no, so right, so I, I like saw this name, especially like Don Phillips, sounds like. I don't know why, in my mind, I thought of like it made me think of like Don Johnson or something, uh-huh. Johnston or whatever uh, uh, from what, Miami Vice? Yeah. Uh, like, um And you know, it made me think of like an old dude. <laughs> this is who I kind of thought Don Phillips was. And I listened to the song, cause this is a song I did not remember uh, from uh, the, my uh, previous listens to the album. And it's like, okay, this is a young guy. I'm like, well, is this, you know, somebody who was from one of, you know, a a lesser known member of one of the boy bands of the time and it turns out not i mean my sense is that this was um you know don phillips was a guy who was around the the same age who was also kicking around in this um kind of pro-am um singing uh singer for hire um market and he's a really interesting kind of Counterfactual path uh, in that you know he had a similar skill set of singing, singing, dancing, um, you know, pop performer, uh, and was obviously put. uh, I mean, not obviously, but you know, I I would hypothesize was put here to um, you know a provide this other and b eventually potentially launch a solo uh, career for him, and then you know you see. the, the trail goes pretty cold uh, until um, the the when you Google Don Phillips and we'll just put the links in. He reemerged um, as a um, as a contestant on the X Factor uh, in the season in one of the seasons in which uh, Britney was a judge. And obviously, this is not accidental at all. Some you know uh, some some producer or production assistant, um, I'm sure, scored themselves a, a, a nice bonus or promotion or whatever through through. The- this, of, of, um, finding this guy and, uh, who is now, you know, as it both, you know, the kind of, it is hard to parse uh, because every news outlet, quote unquote news outlet that covers this is essentially a celebrity gossip blog. But basically, um, the story is that he, you know, did not, um, have have a successful music career, um, and as you see in the video that we'll that we'll link, um, his voice is 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 wrecked, right? But the time he's at this X uh, Factor audition um, is is wrecked, and uh, and it's just really striking because um, the first line, right? Freddie's first line is uh, "Time may take us apart, but I will still love you. I promise." Um, and and it's just really kind of um, I mean I think it it, it 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 for me showcases a number of things. I mean even though the phenomenal there is this, this album is a phenomenal success I think seeing this the the duet being this guy who was an unknown at the time, um, and and who then went on to have no career, and uh, actually have a, a really tough time, reveals for me the fragility and the, the the kind of contingency of the whole thing of of there being a Britney Spears that we are talking about now, right? And, and it casts you know even though it's easy to hear the singles with this you know and especially Baby One More Time with this sense of inevitability and of, of course this this would happen when you. You know, in some ways, part of how I see the album cover and 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 a lot of the other song titles is that this was an unknown and and was a pretty. It feels when you like once you kind of understand Don Phillips the whole endeavor feels actually very low rent uh and and it's this thing that uh that that explodes um even in spite of being kind of a a risk and a a a not super expensive risk and when you kind of compare some of the production values and the art direction of uh, oops i did it again um with with baby one more time um you know, I mean, some ways they should like almost be flip flop, right? It's the the like, baby, one more time happening is the oops is is, and obviously there's lots of work that yeah. went into it, but th- that it, it, that that. There was nothing that, uh, inevitable about about it happening, and and I think it really for me takes Don Phillips uh, to uh, and the certainty that, uh, with which uh, Don and, Don Phillips and Brittany sing together to understand how uh, how much of even if there is a lot of work and effort put into this um, that that how much kind of contingency there is.
0: Sure, and it's not. I mean. Think about it. Like there are not. It's not just Don Phillips who was really bad in that X Factor audition, right? (laughs) Terrible. There are a bunch of very, very talented people, right? Who are Mm -hmm. who are highly skilled, who just don't get, uh, who just don't get, uh, you know, national or international attention, uh, though they absolutely could, you know. Right,
1: but this is Don Phillips is someone who um, was in the same
0: pool. Was in the same probably not
1: only was on the same pool like. You know, literally, you know, performed on a uh, CD that is, uh, you know, of which um, 30 million people had piece you know, had his voice on a, piece of, voice yeah, on a exactly. piece of plastic, right? That so for, so it's not even the, he's not, he's a, he's different from, you know, someone who never makes it, is that, you know, Don Phillips is both everywhere and invisible, right that that there are 30 million Don Phillipses um around the world, um, now some in I, I presume in landfills and in, uh, in used CD stores and in, 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 in basements um, but that, that there's still a lot of there's a tremendous amount of Don Phillips out there in the world, and yet he's he's hidden in plain sight
0: <laughs> that I know about. Um yeah. And
1: yeah, so I think I just found that to be really uh, fascinating. And again, it, it it's 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 called to attention because um you know because because the duet is such a strong break from the structure of all the other songs that it's ultimately much more of a dialogue with the audience. And so I think that that actually having a duet um, and having it not be like a duet with Justin Timberlake, right? It'd be mean, one thing. You know, in our minds, you know, uh, I, I feel like for all but the. I bet many people would even, like, assume if you sort of, like, did a multiple choice question and say, who did Britney Spears do a duet with on her first album? And you did, like, a multiple choice. Uh, um, I, I feel Michael like. Jackson, it,
0: Justin Timberlake. Don, Don Phillips. Phillips, you know, and then two more, yeah.
1: Um, that only, I mean, only the really, really diehards would get that right. I mean, it would be kind of bimodal, right? There would be the people who either through context clues or memory would get Don Phillips, and then there'd be another mode or at like Justin Timberlake. And, you know, that if you really ask this question without, um, you know, of, of like in a man man on the street <laughs> kind of uh, method, and, and that you know, we we kind of right in um a a a you know a, a an invisible narrative that's there that kind of you know tells this story about the Mickey Mouse Club and this kind of teen pop thing that that happened um but you know again the fact that this song was recorded with this unknown um you know uh, potential singer who never really developed a career is just really um is really is really fascinating um so that's I don't know. any any other any other Don Phillips uh, reactions uh, uh, on your on your side?
0: I think it's the name Don, right? Like Donald Glover goes by Donald. You yeah. Know? I suppose he goes by Childish Gambino, but um, uh, I, it's maybe the Don, the the nickname that makes it sound so old fashioned exactly. so sort of of the 70s or of the Rat Pack or something.
1: Yeah. Hey, Don Phillips. Hey.
0: Don Rickle. Don Don Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Don Rickles. Don McLean.
1: Yeah, it's it seems it seems off um, in, in some way or another. Um, I think that I mean I guess thinking about the connection to the seventies, I think the other um, the other two songs that I think break with the um, structure. Uh, that I think are interesting, uh, are the beat goes on, which is the, um, Sonny and Cher cover that kind of connects this, um, to, you know, to something, I think. And we could talk about that. And then also soda pop.
0: Oh, good. I was, I was, I was hoping we wouldn't neglect to talk about, to talk about soda pop. Um,
1: let's let's do let's do uh, Sunny and Shira. Let's do the Beat Goes On, and then and then close on Soda. But
0: Ryan, pop. The, the clock is ticking, and we can't stop. Can't stop.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Um, well, then maybe maybe we'll go to Soda Pop. All right, no, so, no so it's a,
0: it's, a, it's okay to go to the Beat Goes On. But I just uh, from from my Wikipedia research, I learned that this album was actually produced in two distinct phases. One was stateside production. Got uh, it. And then the other was going to Sweden and, and Max Martin, Max Martin and that crew. And I, I think that the beat goes on. Uh, uh, if we're segueing into that, belongs like uh, like some of the other kind of maybe less catchy songs um, to the former, right? Like I, uh, I think it was done. I think it was part of the original tracks recorded in the United States that convinced the label. Um, that it was worth the money to send her to Max Martin's workshop.
1: Right. And these um, are the Eric Foster white tracks. basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, exactly. And then, and this is of those as well. Um, and I think that okay. Uh, so, so I had
0: not actually really heard the, the Sonny and Cher version and you made me listen to it before we started, uh, before we started recording and a couple things are true of it. A it's awesome. Like, that's a really good arrangement, it, you know. It's a, and then when you read the lyrics, it's, it's it turns out it's kind of an interesting song. And I mean, yeah,
1: exactly. And it's so it is. I mean, and I, I and I you know I just actually don't. It maybe one to maybe one thing I will do um, in in the coming weeks is actually delve into the Sunny and Share ca- catalog a little bit because I the only. Tiny bit, I know Sonny Shares, I got you, babe, right? And I, I, you know, have some associations with the kind of less interesting parts of the music of the '60s. But I actually feel like um, the original, uh, "The Beat Goes On," is this very, you know, musically um, is is alongside, you know, kind of alongside or immediately following um, the Doors, right? And, and in terms of this, the prominence of the of both percussion and the the organ, um, and and the lyrics, you know, I think the lyrics that um, I, the the couplet in the um, the, the kind of first um, s- set of, of couplets that I really that really grabbed me is Charleston was once the rage, uh huh. History has turned the page, uh huh. The miniskirts, the current thing, uh huh. Teeny bopper is our newborn king. Um, and then what's interesting is. You know, now that we are, and you know, this is recorded in the late '60s. Um, now that, uh, as if to really affirm the um, the reign of the teeny bopper, the, the the this the first couplet in Britney's version is, "Wait till you have reached the age, blah blah." Uh-huh. History has turned the page, blah blah. We still want to hear a brand new thing, uh huh. We still need a song to sing, uh-huh right and so it's very it's it's interesting right I see this as uh from the and so the lyrics about um i mean I love the idea of of the the teeny bopper as our newborn king oh yeah um and in in some ways it it ties a lot of this together uh and it ties together the concerns uh and and um and 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 questions about kind of royalty and the image of royalty um and and especially because there's the choice for the first two the 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 like the, the not exactly filler but the 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 end of the first two lines to be blah blah right that I, that, that is it's very interesting of it's almost seems to be almost like derisively mocking Sonny and Cher and you know especially Sonny and Cher as the parents generation um, sure I mean and, even
0: in the in the the original lyrics it it seems like there's a distance right like it's not there there's a certain amount of maturity in the lyrics to to even be able to remark that the 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 teeny bopper is our newborn king.
1: Exactly uh-huh. right. right. They're already right. Sunny and Cher already feel kind of closer, closer to us than to the teeny bopper. Right.
0: There's, there's an engage. There's also like a mature engagement with the world and with history. Right. In the original, the beat goes on because like the the, yeah.
1: the, the Sunny and Cher. What I've learned is that Sunny and Cher would have been great podcasters.
0: <laughs> the 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 the. the um, I was kind of listening as we were preparing preparing uh, for the thing, and I had it in the background as I was opening a lot of tabs in the browsers with my uh, lyrics and Wikipedia articles and research and stuff like this. And um, then uh, I heard like little girls, uh, little girls still break their hearts. Uh huh. And men still keep on marching off to war, and my ears perked up, honestly, right? Because it would be impossible for Britney Spears to sing that lyric, yeah. you know that, right? That's that's, um and so this is, so it's, uh, so the beat goes on. The original is a song about. Uh, is about progress, but how the song remains the same, sort of, to, to mix metaphors, right? Like, electrically, uh, men still keep on marching off to war. Electrically, they keep a baseball score, right? It's still the big game of baseball being played, uh, though there has been progress in the means in which they they um, keep the score.
1: Right, and, but I think what's interesting is that th- that... What the Britney cover kind of reveals is that this the beat goes on even when the song is not the same, right the beat is just continuing um and it's it's and it's you know it- in fact i guess like the beat is in fact the beat has become self aware <laughs> in a way is starting to become self aware right that so in, in in terms of thinking about you know the connecting it to email my heart into the kind of terminator franchise which is you know a little bit preceding this a little bit that um you know that the beat is now electronic right whereas the beat was um you know something that was you know that what i kind of understand um is that in Sunny and Share, Sunny and Share is interesting, right? Because they kind of it, one one presumes that they received the beat and then they passed the beat on right and the beat goes on the beat is is transferred um you know generationally or or through 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 you know face to face contacts is someone ha- who has the beat right and the the drummer is keeping the beat um and then but now the um the beat is going on and um you know through a um you know synthesized drum machine right um and and you know, that is not so much that the drums are pounding a rhythm to the brain, um, but that there is a kind of a, a you know, <laughs> electroencephalogram, um, just kind of uh firing off, um, some somewhat, um, lightly, right? And I, and, right.
0: I mean, it's like the, the, the finale of, um, and and I'm just gonna remind everyone that we spoil everything on this podcast, <laughs> it's like the finale of Breaking Bad, right? Like, after the yeah. machine gun has gunned down all the neo Nazis, um, the 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 machinery mm-hmm. that sort of turntable that it's on just keeps keeps going, mm-hmm. right? And like it's a theme of that episode that the sort of machinery the machinery keeps going even after all the people are dead, even after its its usefulness uh, or the point of it is is completely obviated
1: yeah exactly and i think that that's really and that's that's striking i just i think that there is something really interesting in the choice of this song as a cover and in the ways in which it's changed because like the ways in which it is changed um are are deliberate and um and it it, and and it sort of says that yes, the beat goes on, but this is the way in which it will go on um and the you know again it seems to me like you know um you know stay tuned now for from like for an announcement uh from your uh newborn teeny bopper king, yeah right you know, it's the it's the it's the state of the teeny bopper union is basically being delivered so there is um, there is an irony
0: um finally in in the 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 wish, like we we want to hear a brand new thing, given that the point of the the lyrics of the beat goes on is um, that it's uh, there is no brand new thing, right? Like exactly, you know, the, the beat goes on actually sort of refers to something that stays constant, uh, something that stays constant, where you get the the sense that in the cover the beat is is sort of incessant and intolerable, and and you know, we, we want to break free of it somehow.
1: Right. Right. Well, and so, um, you know, I think in terms of is now to kind of connect us to the great stretch of, of history, uh, is, uh, you know, is always if the beat is going on forever, the thing that, um, is, you know, that has a ticking clock, uh, uh, a, uh, attached to it is the fizz and pop of the soda pop, <laughs>
0: I was Uh, so, I was so curious about this, like, what, what is going on in this song? I mean, is it, is it sexual? Is it that the, you know, the soda pop is, you know, the soda bottle is phallic or something like that. And like, you know, you gotta, you, you, I don't know, you have to do stuff with it now or like, we can't, you know, we can't stop like. I I don't know. There's a there's a lot going on in these songs.
1: Well, so I, I want to I don't know if you noticed uh, if you saw the the link to um the the lyrics for the dance hall part. Yeah. Now again, so and and I'm actually having trouble. The um the the frames are a little messed up uh in my in my ver- in, in the version that I'm looking at of, of Metro lyrics um but the first line if you and I actually I listened to it several times and looked at. Uh, many a few different uh uh transcriptions but it definitely says um uh like the great poets homer agamemnon or even zeus right uh great poet great poet zeus great yeah exactly uh taking a vibical expedition this pop ditty we choose uh, so be calm. Don't ring the alarm you see because we go on and on. Come, come, come. Follow me, Brittany. Right. Um, so, is there anything there so I guess so I think there 's okay, so as we um, before we really just uh, jump into the soda pop um, r- r- uh, rabbit hole um, <laughs> is there any bottom to this like <laughs> is there any there there or is this is this nonsense?
0: well, I think that I mean like very literally the claim that's that 's being made is that we're we 're putting our experience in the form of a pop song right like we 're using. Uh, you know, the story, the story of our experience, you know, though it's not the Trojan War, um, it's the story of opening a soda pop. Uh, but it's, it's going, the, the form that it's going to take is, um, is going to be a pop song. And there's a certain amount of self-consciousness about that, right? That like, I am choosing not to write a sonnet. I am choosing not to write an epic poem. I am choosing not to write a five paragraph essay, right? This pop ditty we choose, uh, yeah. you know, um, to uh, as the as the container, right for the the uh, fizzy goodness of of my life or something.
1: Well, but what I think though, so I think that what I think is going on here is how I read the lines is the clock. So, what I think is that soda pop is only good for so long after you open it because right. it goes flat right and so and i feel like that um and 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 so i think that that is is really central right that this does not um have a long shelf life right and so it's it's, it's very interesting right there's actually an awareness right so that on the one hand like you know like the great poets um like like the the kind of pillars of the western canon um you know we uh <laughs> you know we 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 are we are expressing ourselves but unlike them uh, the tools that we have uh are not you know epic poetry or not, you know, I even think about, um, actually even what, what, you know, with this invocation of kind of Greekness, I actually just think of Greek sculpture and Greek architecture, right? We do, um, you know, we, we do, we don't have these columns rising anagogically as, uh, Vincent Scully would have said, uh, we just have this pop song that will, um, that will be great, uh, for the three minutes that you're listening to it and it will be gone. Um, And, and, and yeah. And, and
0: yeah, there's, cause there's a lot of like in this song, there's a lot of like party till we drop, you know, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, it's like a lot of things in life. It's like sort of youth and, and, but also the, the popularity of, of pop music, but also sort of the popular, the, the, the youthful vigor, sexual appeal, um, good looks, you know, energy, yeah. uh, all, all finite resources. And it's, it's sort of interesting because it's a very kind of mature realization yeah. to say, like, um, uh, it's, it's not that, you know, uh, Pache, uh, uh, Miley Cyrus, right. It's not that we can't stop. We won't stop. Uh, we can stop and we will be stopped, right. We yeah. will go flat, you know yeah. so it's, it's doubly important that we
1: will, we... Ha- we will have stopped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: exactly.: um, um, Yeah, no, and, and I think what's interesting that it, and I think that one of the lines that kind of shows this awareness is um, part with the song says, "We have a plan, we have a definite plan." right um, and, and it's amazing, right so it, again, it kind of connects um, with a lot of of the rest of, of the album, that you know there is a plan, right? That that you know involves essentially um, going to Sweden. We have a plan that involves going to Sweden, yeah. um, but really we're gonna just open this. We're gonna we're gonna make this happen, and we're gonna see what happens. Um, and and. You know, so, and then, uh, further on again, it just says, "Um, so much pop we're losing, sitting, watching the clock, turn the tables, baby, let's go over the top and and they did right, <laughs> and its it's kind of really fascinating, right, that you know, in some ways. Again, it's the the hits. So it's actually really interesting that we've actually spent more time on the. And I think it's actually fitting. We actually spent, have spent far more time on the deep cuts.
0: Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> we're not even going to talk about Baby One More Time or Crazy.
1: No. No. Exactly. Uh, uh, and we've even barely talked about it sometimes. Yeah. Right. That that the, the, the uh, and 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 I think that the action is really uh, is is really in the deep cuts. Um. And you know. And, and because the 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 singles are what made it happen but the the everything else that we've kind of dug into is what the it actually is and so it's actually really interesting is that you know with an album like baby one more time and even as i was approaching like oh are we gonna have enough to talk about it's really like these singles and a bunch of crap but really it's the exact opposite right that what it is is still the album and it are are these other songs um and and i think that digging and treating this as an album and treating this you know treating um maybe one more time with the same lens and toolkit that with which we have treated, uh, Jesus, uh, um, you know, uh, or, or, uh, or, or the arcade fire album or, or the works of, of, uh, Kitty or, you know, all of gossip girl is, I think profitable. I think that, that, and I think that actually, um, you know, I think we actually learned something about the project um, that was going on in this uh, in this first Britney Spears album that I'm actually surprised about. Right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely. I, it de- it's definitely in in. Uh, I'm I'm very glad that we we have been surprised by our uh, uh you know by a no- by a number of things on this right because I think it would be i think it would be a barren source of amusement ultimately for us or for the, for anyone who wants to listen to it that um uh if if it was just sort of rehearsing our <laughs> you know i don 't know our, our beating our own dead horses or rehearsing our pet concerns right over and over and over and over and so this this has been a uh uh, a good opportunity to to sort of be taken aback or be surprised by what by what we find.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so uh all right, we're wrapping but before before we do, I just I want to give a big TFT congratulation to uh to longtime listener and uh frequent commenter Amanda on her marriage. Um you know, it, it it that was not your telos. But uh, no, <laughs> it's terrible. Um, uh, after you know, after a long time of going wild, we wish you all uh, great, great, great joy. Going
1: all, all the all the domesticity of of, uh, of Chuck and Blair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely, um, if, right? Like right? Yeah. May may all your progeny look like a Hickey Friedman ad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh, if you want to um talk with us about anything on this episode you can comment on the show notes or uh find us on twitter we're at tft podcast uh we've become pretty active on twitter and really, really really enjoy it so follow us and and uh uh hit us up there and we will reply to you um thank you very much ryan for a great episode and uh thank you for listening we'll be back next week